There we go. I like that music. We've That's been good. doing this for a long time. Uh, no, man, we were off last week. We're back in the studio. It's the Sunday special. Pastor Toby, Chuck Knox, I'm the water boy, and we got Mr. Blaine Kazanati. Did I say it right? Kanzati. Kanzati. <laughs> <I'm just, laughs> Dude, I'm so he's, sorry. He's, he's my friend. Oh, is he? Uh-oh. Not and, anymore. And he taught at a Christian classical school before. Okay. Okay. There we'll, you go. We'll give a full intro later. Notice I'm in my summer my summer clothes. Yeah, I noticed yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, we're, I, having, yeah. we're having summer I, camp this year, this it's, week. It's it, it's it's a called conference week. Yes. And uh, and so I'm I'm in my my summer camp clothes. I'm in my Fourth of July shirt. Does you wear that I, every I week? I don't Fourth think we make that, that color. Hey, we also have a live studio we audience. <laughs> we we got the Loch Ness monster <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> Sorry about Thank that. Thank you, Greg. Sorry about yep. that. Yeah, Greg's here. <laughs> yep, you can He's make noises. Not pleased, hey, <laughs> guys. I'm getting so excited about the conference. Can, can we get a drum roll? Oh, are we remember, are we ready for the so drum? Remember, we got we got Doug Wilson coming. Yes. gay pulpits. Yep. yep. Right. Uh, the politics of feminism, homosexuality, and unfaithful, unfaithful children. Kids. Yep. Uh, yep. We got mm-hmm. we got that's da- going to make all sorts of pastors mad because there's a lot of unfaithful pastor kids out there. David mm-hmm. Bonson, punk rock, ec- home economics. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sorry. Every David. conference he's going to get invited <laughs> to is going to be punk rock something. Something. Yeah. Never let him go. We got Vody Bacham coming with critical sex theory. Yep. Yep. How to keep Marx and Freud out of your bedroom. Ooh. Yep. Ooh. Mm. Um, Drum roll. Doug Tenaple. Oh, yes. Earthworm Jim. Sex, lies, and the prophetic poet. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be talking about Molotov monogamy. Which is also going to be our conference t-shirt. Oh, yeah. Molotov nice. monogamy. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, so and then Saturday morning we got the SWAT talks, and we're announcing SWAT talks every show now till August. And uh, and we announced on Wednesday, Sheologians. Yes, diapers. Summer and and Joy are going to be there. And and we have one more person. Maybe a special guest. I know you're you're probably watching this show, or your husband is, (laughs) and you need to to get back to me. Diapers, dishes, dishes, and Dominion. Yes. We announced that. Okay, and we're announcing a new one right now. Our 22nd drum roll. Our 20. Jump jump roll. (laughs) See, he does it to everybody. Is. I, got, I really got to wait. I got to wait. Go. <laughs> Why All People Matter with Rob Sense, Zach Lottenschlager. Yes. And Dennis, Dennis Sarfati. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Let's just leave it like that. Sarfati. Which is going to be amazing, by the Dennis way. Dennis and, and Zach are working together, right? Or they're, or is they're it working yet? on some projects together. Yeah. What, what is Dennis's thing? So Dennis is working with um, uh, basically in abortion legislation and nationally. Yeah. In yeah. a number of different states, South Carolina and so forth. He's getting yeah. a lot of uh, progress and success and building right. some great connections. Right. Uh, Zach does a lot of uh, political work. He's a ninja. He's a political ninja um, yeah. on been, the he's local been, level. He's been lost past for years remember in south dakota like we yeah. had him on the show and he's been like working in the constitutional carry has right. been right. their family's legacy um, in and south dakota rob sense has been working on the sansdemic stuff we had that, him on the show a few weeks ago that's right so so the, the talk that they're going to be doing is basically um the sansdemic to to abortion, abortion to kind of local political um strategies I, why I, all people matter I, yeah i think their so show good. if there was a, a way to title it for me i'm thinking christian humanism like oh. that would be yeah. another kind of yeah. subtopic of their show why and, people are gold right <laughs> dripology yeah, yeah dripology right there. that's right that's right that's right and of course if you're a club member you get a discount so sign up join the club and yeah. then you get log in hundred dollars off hundred dollars off you log into the club portal and and there's where you sign up. So we had a couple of club members saying, "Hey, where's my discount code?" No, you log into the club portal to sign up for the conference, and then okay. automatically That's how give it easy to you. it is. is. Is it too early to say? I'm just feeling like this. I could be wrong. I think this is going to be the best conference we've done. Oh, I think this is going to sure. be just yeah. just the talks alone, right. not not just the fellowship with right. people and singing yeah. psalms. That's, yeah. that's the thing is, I I mean, I think the, the the one of the biggest things about these conferences that I I I should have known, but I didn't know until I went was was the fellowship, the fellowship, yeah. Yeah. Like, man, like hanging with people, seeing them in the in the in the. Uh, just in the booths, yep. um, walking yep. in, you know, in the corridors. Hi, how you doing? Where are you from? The encouragement, the camaraderie. Yep. I mean, it's like a huddle. You shut it down so, every uh, night. The after party that with yeah. Don after the after yeah. party with him. Yeah, I yeah. mean, just just that alone. Psalm just singing, being encouraged by people who are in different factions at different places, yeah. fighting the good fight, yeah. coming together, to get juiced again, and go back to our yeah. home. That's just well, so. Well, good. and if you guys remember, um, this was last year. The Tennessee conference was our first conference we ever threw. Yeah, and 
it was during a pandemic. Right. And we were the only Christian conference in person mm-hmm. in October last year. Yeah. yeah, sure. And we had about a thousand people show up, and so we're expecting a big crowd, yeah. even bigger crowd at this conference. So yeah, yeah. sign up. Yep. Get your discount code. Become a member. Hey, this show is brought to you by Samaritan Ministries. A broken bone, cancer, medical emergency. We know how, how quickly healthcare need can happen. That's where Samaritan Ministries comes in, connecting hundreds of thousands of Christians across the nation who care for one another's needs through prayer, encouragement, and financial support. It's not insurance, so you have the freedom to choose the health care providers, hospitals, treatments that work best for you. After you receive care, medical bills are sent to Samaritan Ministries. They notify members to pray for you and then send money directly to you to help pay for those mm. bills. It's biblical and affordable with sharing programs that start at $100 for an individual, 200 for a family wow. of two or more. And you can join today. Don't wait for the unexpected to happen. Visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash CrossPolitics so they yes. know we sent you yep. today to see if healthcare sharing is right for you. SamaritanMinistries.org slash CrossPolitics. I feel and, God right there. Support them so we have health care. Yeah. Okay. No so joke. Just, you know, so we have Samaritan ministry too. You know, right. know what I'm saying? But do you think the Cubans can get Samaritan ministry? Speaking of Cuba, <laughs> no. They, is it, I wonder if they is, make the swim across, could they get it? I wonder if Samaritan ministry is international. That's a good question. I, I should ask them. I think they might be. Yeah. Okay. That's, that, that's actually kind of an interesting of course, thing. Of course, the Biden Homeland Security Secretary is telling them not to come. So listen to this. Allow me to be clear. If you take to the sea, you will not come to the United States. The time is never right to attempt migration by sea. Oh. To those who risk their lives doing so. Or staying in Cuba. This risk is not worth taking. Again, (laughs) I repeat, do not risk your life attempting to enter the United States illegally. You will not come to the United States. You will not come. He's, so they're gonna so, hold, if, if they come, will they turn him back around? Well, so he's racist, right? Is isn't? I, yeah, I, I mean that. I want to know what Blaine thinks about this. That's illegal immigration. He's racist. Yeah, I wish there had been that hard line months ago when you had that flow across the border from the Triangle, right. Mexico, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, from South America and everything. Yep. I mean that's that's the thing is like why why yeah why are they not so clear on, on this when this when it's Cuba it's like you stay away but if it's South America Mexico. What are the political inclinations of the people coming across from Cuba compared to the people coming across from they Central ain't, America? They ain't no. vote for honest, socialist right? democratic policies. Amen. I'm yeah. there. So, so you're saying Cubans won't vote for Democrats. Go to Miami, man. Every Cuban there, Trump-loving, red state-loving. Wow. Oh, freedom-loving person, right? And so wow. that would that would change the demographic of things. I just got done watching um, Tucker Carlson, and he was talking about the fact that we're actually moving people in buses and military planes who are illegals, <laughs> and he's got the documentation that blew my mind. So I'm thinking, okay, well, if you're coming from Cuba and you know you're trying to flee, this is actually a real problem. Right? Like you actually have a serious problem in Cuba. There's you could get killed in Cuba for. Shouting the word freedom. Right, exactly. So you would think, well, okay, we take in refugees. Why, right. If you can make it here, we'll, right. we'll figure out a way. Hey, our borders in the south are absolutely open. So if you can make it here, <laughs> right. why don't you just come through? We'll I, figure I, it out. I think it was New York Times who, who uh, reporting on the Cuba uh, uprising were saying like words like freedom. It might not be New York Times, but one of, the artic- one of the big newspapers said words like freedom are basically like insurrection language in Cuba. Oh, wow. The, the very word yeah. freedom. Well, it was right. almost that way here in 2020. Right. Yeah, it was. Right. That's we, right. We, we completely Ooh, redefined right. what freedom was. Like, right, freedom yeah. wasn't being able to control your own business or control your own house or who can come over your or house. What you can put on your what face. What you can put on your. F- oh, come on now. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that the truth? Right. What you yeah. can put on your face was actually being legislated. Right. So here, Saki. I like saying. Do we have I like to? saying Pisaki. Yeah. Okay. Like, here, Pisaki is kind of following up. He's, she's initially responding to some of the comments from the Homeland Secretary yeah. in this first follow-up here. Reiterate here that we support uh, not, not just the, uh, the role of, peace, of protest and peaceful protest. We stand with the Cuban people and their call for pre- freedom from both the pandemic and from decades of repression and economic suffering to which they have been subjected by Cuba's authoritarian regime. Go ahead. The freedom from the pandemic. But the question that was asked to her twice was, do you think the people are leaving Cuba because of communism? communism. Right. And she said. She couldn't answer it straight up. This woman, I have freedom learned. Freedom from COVID. <laughs> That's what it and is. Also, pandemic. And also freedom from being on an island. Right. And freedom from the sun shining on you too brightly. Don't and, give him that much authority. 
I mean, but th- that's really interesting that the government shut down everybody, and she's like, uh, "We have a freedom." Well, did we have the freedom here too to to do the same thing? I don't think Gabe did. Didn't you get arrested? I thought you got arrested no, no, trying to exercise that. No, well, you, you have that freedom if you, in certain respects, right? Because of course, you know, if it's uh, you know, if it's riots over George Floyd, mm, right? That's, that's understandable. Right. It's understandable. Okay. But if you it's are a right over the pandemic, if you're protesting uh, masks or social distancing or having your business shut down. That's not acceptable. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> Did you yeah, follow that, Knox? No, Did you, you no, didn't follow that. But Knox? I think he's got the logic right. That's what scares me. <laughs> and the Wall Street Journal even added this to what she said. They said Cubans are protesting. Uh, by demanding freedom, food, and COVID-19 vaccines. Yeah, maybe the problem for Saki is that the Biden administration hasn't sent over people to go door-to-door in Cuba yet to make sure oh. the Cubans are getting their vaccines. Because <laughs> that's freedom. That's, that's where freedom. it's freedom going. Freedom is having people knock on your door and give you vac- experimental vaccines, right? Uh, no. <laughs> but, right. right. Mm, that's a, but mm. notice that, right? I mean, you can, you can burn down businesses. You yeah. can burn down police stations. You can shoot police officers. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it's understandable and justified. Yep. But the other thing with this is that, so this is kind of how the liberals are kind of protecting you against freedom. (laughs) But conservatives are doing the same thing. And I've just, I've actually reported this on the news brief on, on Thursday. Right. There's a, a a ship cruise liner that a Norwegian, I believe it is, suing this Norwegian cruise line. Yeah, that's suing the attorney general in, in Florida Mm -hmm. because of the fact they are saying on their cruise ship, they're going to follow the CDC and make sure that everybody that's on that cruise ship is vaccinated. So back in April, government. Governor Ron DeSantis signed an executive order banning the use of COVID-19 passports in the state. Right. The order prohibited any government entity from issuing vaccine passports and blocks businesses from requiring any such documentation. Then the Senate passed a bill on May 3rd, making that executive order official. In Florida, your personal choice regarding vaccinations will be protected. No business or government entity will be able to deny you service based on your decision. Yeah, Mm. but I I have a problem with this because, so now this cruise liner, let me just finish setting this up. The cruise liner is going to lose something like $4 million every seven days um, if they continue to follow down this this route and having to pay a fine for people who are... um, it's operation in Florida to operate in Florida. Okay, and I don't think the governor has any authority necessarily over that business to say what they can and can't have inside of their own yeah. company. Right. What he should have done was say, "Where is the most free operating economy, and how do I promote people to that?" Right. Right. right? So hey, here goes, and then there's another cruise ship, which right. is really interesting, who is following the Florida operational standards about who can be vaccinated or not not requiring it but then they're charging insurance for unvaccinated people well that's still discrimination I can't understand for the life of me for people right now who are so sensitive about discrimination and disparities how in the world could we not see something so discriminatory if voter ID is racist vaccine passports have to be racist well I mean have to be no you don't understand (laughs) you don't understand there's nothing about this that's logical and rational yeah I mean that's the thing it's back to the point what what's which kind of riot and protest is okay the kind that gives the government more power right that's the kind that's okay but DeSantis is operating in the same sort of power exactly that's yeah. the, that's the, that's <laughs> that's the, the problem. problem is this i mean, I mean so, I'm, so I'm does, does a business Let have Blaine talk. To, well, mm-hmm. i'll blame this how about mm-hmm. this does a business have the right to require its employees to be vaccinated i think so and i think that's a liberty of contract issue mm-hmm. when you enter into contract with your employer right. you guys come to terms that are mutually agreed upon right and the second the government starts getting involved and in saying to employers yeah. you can require these terms but not these terms that's a really dangerous precedent especially right. for christian-owned businesses yeah. right. christian ministries yeah. right we got to be really careful precedent. before we let the government get into uh, exactly yeah. so i guess so then so i can it, require all my employees to be circumcised <laughs> yeah, you can require that. You can, you can absolutely require that. And, and let's see how many employees you You're, got. Right, yeah. right, right, exactly. That's the thing, right? No one's forcing no. these employees right. to yeah. work at your business. Right. But so, I, but I think the problem. So, the, the, I think the problem for me here is that there's certain employees that are already working. Let's say, so in Idaho, here's a good example. In Idaho, there's three hospitals that are requiring all their employees to get vaccinated. Yeah, in Idaho, um, I, I have a problem with them kind of forcing current employees to be vaccinated. I don't have a problem with them, let's say, their hiring requirements to to say, hey, we're only hiring no, those no, who are vaccinated. No, no, that's what Blaine was saying. But the contract no, but, that they entered into. But, 
Well, but they entered into a contract, an appointment before can, the hospital started requiring Well, then that. they can sue and say, hey, you know no, what? This is not the could, contract that if, we if, said we yeah, agreed if, to. If, there, if there's a contract that you can actually appeal to, then you can bring them to court and you can say they're they're breaking contract. Right. And you can have that um, Because I, I'd have a, a problem with the hospital forcing current employees who didn't have – the vaccine wasn't required or the – or the uh, um, what do you call the – it's not even a vaccine. It's a yeah. – Gene therapy. Yeah, yeah. They, they, exactly they changed the definition of vaccine right, back in October right. to make this happen. And, and to basically do some sort of re- require employees to participate in experimental vaccine. Right, right. Yeah. Now, if the employees kind of willingly came in under hire, right. under that concept, sure. then that makes a lot of sense. The, the biblical, um, biblically, the yes. civil magistrate's job is to punish evildoers, criminals, people who actually break God's criminal law, yep. and um, enforce... Um, equal weights and measures. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, that is a, that is a right. legitimate um, job because it, what you're doing is preventing theft. That's yeah. right. Uh, and, That's and right. punishing theft. And so equal weights and measures includes reading contracts. That's right. And actually adjudicating um, disputes between contracts because there's a matter of property um, and income when it comes to contracts. And that's yeah. loving your neighbor, uh, that, too. So right? there's a legitimate <laughs> job there. But that's different than telling a private business what they can and cannot do with regard to vaccines yeah. or, or workplace conditions or all the rest of it. Right. I mean, you have – there's a – um, this is a slippery slope. It, oh, and, and we, we've already slipped, bro. <laughs> and, and, and so, I mean, for all the good that DeSantis has done, and I appreciate yeah. the fact that he's pushed back and he's been one of the few conservative, you know, sort of champions of freedom. He's and pushing, got the right heart. Um, and we appreciate that. But we need to get some theonomists in there with him to help yeah. him remember that, like, look, look, bro. Rather than playing the regulation game, which right. which conservatives too often do, and yeah. then you will lose because the liberals will take that regulation, yep. and then they'll they will come back and they'll kick Christians in the head with it. Yeah, they will. He needs to deregulate Florida, That's right. open up a completely free economy, and watch what freedom does. Let the forces of um, of the marketplace and, and watch an unvaccinated cruise line pop up. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That doesn't penalize people who aren't vaccinated exactly. by getting insurance. Let yeah. the market decide. Yeah, and, and you know it's funny. It's not like we haven't seen this before. When the market is operating somewhat free, look at what happened in Black America. We can still create things like Black Wall Street without having to do it in such a long amount of time. So maybe this is a good time to flee those things that aren't working and start creating our own entities. Cut the red tape. That's right. More Cross Politic up next. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations. Our most precious commodity is time. No one has ever lied on their deathbed wishing they had spent more time making money. They all wish they had spent more time creating a legacy. Our modern education system steals that legacy, steals that time from our children. That's why I'm passionate about homeschooling. That's why at Classical Conversations we want to give you more time to create that legacy, follow your passions, and glorify God. Visit classicalconversations.com for more information. You're a little late. You're a little late. Hey, yeah. You're a little rusty. Boom, boom. Welcome back to Cross Politic on the one and only Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. You're, wearing, you, you're wearing a Rick Warren t-shirt. No. Oh, man. That's a, that's a total no, Rick Warren. That's my beach shirt. Pulpit shirt my right there. Shirt. Uh, that's a Rick Warren pulpit hey, shirt. I don't preach in this shirt. I was going to say, at least he don't preach in <laughs> I don't it. preach in this. <laughs> I just hang out with my, my friends on Cross Politic in this shirt. Yeah, that was rude. Don't give him communion on Sunday. That was bad. <laughs> Hey, this segment's brought to you by Dime Payments. Message. I'm excited to tell you. Yeah. What? That's not even English there. I'm excited to let you know. Oh, that's what it says. About (laughs) our new partnership with Dime Payments. Message. Really am excited. Dime Payments is a Christian-owned processing payment business. Every business needs a payment processing system. I should have read this before the show. So please go to dimepayments.com forward slash FLF. Fight last Sign your business up. Working with them actually supports us, Cross Politic, Mm -hmm. and they won't cancel you like Stripe canceled President Trump. They won't cancel you like MailChimp canceled the Babylon Bee. Mm -hmm. Check them out. Like PayPal did Uncle Gary and those guys at American Vision. Just want to throw always in threes. Always in threes. Yes. At least have a phone call. Tell them that Cross Politic sent you. Go to dimepayments.com forward slash FLF. And actually, their rates will beat Stripe. Their rates really? are lower. If you mention cross politic, they'll give you better rates than oh, you strike. Say so, that, say that yep. for the people in the hey, back. Right. We got with us today Blaine Kanzati. Did I get it right? You did. All yep. right. Served Zotti. as the president of Idaho Family Policy Center. He led the charge to get the heartbeat bill, the No Public Funds for Abortion Act, and Simon's Law enacted, in, enacted into Idaho law. He also directed efforts to mobilize conservative grassroots in support of the first in the nation 
Fairness in Women's Sports Act. No girls, no boys in girls' locker rooms. Same thing. Uh, when, no, no. <laughs> when he was 19, Blaine became a Christian. Subsequently, hey. left a career as an aspiring rock and jazz musician. On what Stop instrument? It. What instrument? Guitar. All right. Okay. So we can study theology. Hey, we got a guitar in here. Hey, oh, man. You government. Could, you could tickle the strings. Don't do that what? to me. Oh, we should have him do He's that. He's like, I haven't, I haven't let that. Like, yeah, oh. yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we got third segment. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, he studied uh, theology, government, and economics at Liberty University and Regent. Uh, before joining oh. Idaho Family Policy Center, Blaine previously worked for one of our allied state organizations, Family Policy Institute of Washington. Additionally, he spent several years teaching humanities, theology, and apologetics at Class Christian High School in yeah, Fairfax, you did. Virginia. Yeah, you did. He and his wife, Anna, enjoy raising their family in beautiful Treasure Valley. You got kids? Idaho. I do. You baptize them kids? Yes, absolutely. What? No he, way. Came, he came ready. Come on, he came yeah. ready for that. On, he knew Jesus. that was coming. You all right, Blaine. You all right, Blaine. Blaine's like, yes. <laughs> yep. He's not going to play you a song. No, that's okay. He, he, he's he's, he's, kids. It's fine. He plays songs to so, the kids. Blaine, what is? Can you just explain for our, our audience what is the Idaho F- Family Policy Center, and in you know what do you do for it? Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm excited to be here with you guys. Pumped. Um, so, Idaho Family Policy Center is a nonprofit Christian ministry. Yeah, uh, we seek to advance the lordship of Christ in the public square. Woo! Oh, give him something. He's with Kuiper. Okay. Cars. He's I, see, with Kuiper. I see what this is going to be. I'm just going to have it ready. Get the organ ready. Oh, there we go. I love it. <laughs> All right, we ready for you now. All right. So we seek to do that three ways. First, we promote biblically sound public policy. Um, second is we equip Christians to advance the lordship of Christ in their communities by teaching them the biblical foundations for cultural issues. Yep. And the third way is we train statesmen to uh, faithfully discharge their duties, their responsibilities as civil ministers, uh, ministers of God in the civil sphere, yeah. um, so that they can be good representatives of God's justice to the people. Very Wow. 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 I, I didn't even know such things existed in this I, yeah. world. I thought we were just sort of. That's amazing. How big are you guys? He's my friend. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll he, was, he was before the show. We'll ask him at the end of the show. So, how, how big are you guys? What's your reach? Yeah. So we're we're growing right now. Um, it's myself. I got an assistant, and uh, we partner with lots of local churches to do day long training seminars for Christians on biblical worldview, cultural engagement. What does that cultural commission look like? Yeah. Um, we're 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 growing and we're excited about the impact we've been having out here in the gym So this last Idaho legislative session, was it the longest session in history? It was. I I, I thought I'd read that. The longest legislative session in history. What, why was it so long? I mean, and I know one of the, some of the big things, I know you had some, a hand in a few particular pieces of legislation, but I know kind of overshadowing a lot of it had to do with what happened here with the COVID, the 2020 shutdown and a bunch of pushes to try to, close some gaps to give us some more protection from overreaching governors. Um, Break it down. I want to know. Can you give us kind of an overview of what happened? Yeah. So like most states, our governor, when COVID came around, really exceeded his constitutional limits, right? right? As the executive, he began appropriating funds, which is a responsibility the Constitution gives to the legislature, mm-hmm. right. not to the yep. governor. Right. Yep. Um, he issued edicts to local governments um, and really mm. encouraged local governments to step in and interfere in the lives of their citizens. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a disagreement in our state legislature as how best to remedy the problem. Okay. Um, our House of Representatives really wanted to tame the governor's uh, emergency powers, but that caused heartburn in the Senate over okay. the issue of federal funds. Um, wow. So our state legislature ultimately was willing to sacrifice the liberties of the people in order to keep the federal funds flowing to Idaho. Wow. Because oh. if they would have limited the governor's powers, there's right. a chance we could have lost federal money. Federal money. So it so, was all over the money. Mm-hmm. It was about securing the bag. Wow. Wow. So they, yeah, so they, they <laughs> sold our liberty. Yep. Over a check. The Senate sold our liberty. Yep. Okay, so everybody it, in Idaho. Our Senate, our Senate is actually pretty soft and not very good. Our House is actually pretty but, good. But this is the question that it's you need to be asking. Senate. I mean, one of the brilliant things, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird, and I don't know that I understand it, but there's perks to it. In Idaho, the Senate is reelected every two years, just like the, the, the House. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Which means you can kick those bums out. Yeah. Right? Every two yeah. years, you have an opportunity to ask your senator, 
Okay, did you sell us out? So, how much money were we talking about, Blaine? How much? How much? We do don't you, even do know. You're saying oh my it was a threat. There's been tons. So, there's been three stimulus packages. The state has gotten money from each of them. I don't even know the grand sum. It's billions. It's, it's billions of dollars. Tons yeah. of money. But you're not saying we didn't even we didn't even know for sure we were going to lose it. You're, yeah. You're, you're you're saying it was a it was a threat or it was a question like if we pass this um, limiting of his emergency powers, we might lose those federal yep. funds. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. So we didn't actually lose it. So no. do, you, do you think our, our legislators uh, well, next session are going to come back and try to seal that tight, or do you think it's kind of done? I think it's done. Man. Man. Wow. Um, well, I, I, we were having so much fun before yeah, you know, came on the show. You know what? We've done good things. We can talk about the good things. Well, no, that have I, the last I, I, years. I still want to keep going through this. So at, at what yeah, point? Yeah. So who's um, who's fighting back? Heather, uh, Scott, I know she's fighting mm-hmm. back. Who are some people who she's are? She's in the House, though, right? She's in the House. She's in the house. Okay. So who yep. in the Senate was pushing back? Do you know? Yeah, we got a few really great senators. A few. Okay. Um, you had Senator Regina Bear out of Meridian, okay. who was pushing back hard on this wow. stuff. Senator Christy Zitto out of Hammett, who yep. was pushing back really yep. hard. Okay. Um, we, we have some champions of liberty yeah. in the Senate, for sure, but it's not the predominant predisposition of the Senate. So then, I guess this is kind of related, but not necessarily connected. When you saw Lieutenant Governor um, Janice McGeehan get up there and for governor for a day, and she decided to remove the mask <laughs> mandate... <laughs> no, what she did I, is she made it illegal for the governments or the local health regions to, to mandate. To, to yeah. 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 Okay, so yeah, so that move right there, I kind of want to shift. We'll come back. I kind of want to shift that move right there. What is your thoughts on that move? Yeah, I liked it. Um, and I like Blaine. So here's the thing. Me too. Here's I like the thing. Blaine already. <laughs> the cities, the municipalities, are creations of the state government. And the state government can define the limits within which those local governments operate. Yep. Um, so it is not an overreach for the state government to regulate what the local governments are allowed to do. It's not like if the federal government were to come in and tell yeah. the state governments what to right. do, right? Because okay. those are equal partners okay. in our federal system. Yeah. But when the state limits what local governments can do, that's totally fine. Okay. Uh, okay. I wish the legislature would have had an appetite to take that on. Yeah. Right. I'm always reluctant. Uh, to to support executive orders, yeah. But very clearly, I think in this instance, Lieutenant Governor McGeehan, she was acting as a lesser magistrate and right. imposing herself yeah. to protect the rights, defending of the, the rights of the people. Yep, yeah, which is a legitimate thing to do. So, yep. yeah. So then, right now, she's kind of um, decided to come out, I think, and run. Right? Yeah, she's running for governor. So, yeah. I mean, does she? She? Do you think she's committing? suicide here does she have enough people behind her saying no absolutely we should we'll see do you have any idea what what the field looks like i mean do you you think that did people rally behind her i think it's a bold move i'm proud of what she's doing yeah yeah and and the thing is you know when you show courage people start Uh, coming around your point yes idaho's a tough state and idaho is a majority lds state um it's more moderate than many people would think right there's a reason why governor brad little is governor right right Um, Right. so we'll see how it all shakes out yeah okay interesting what um from your vantage what are what are, what's the biggest? I don't know if these are two different questions or the same question. What's the biggest problem facing Idaho? Yeah. Uh, and maybe related to that would be so. And maybe what's the most strategic thing that you're working on currently yeah. to, to face an Idaho? I don't know if those are the same thing or yeah, or, or, or different. Yeah. But so, like many people that I've met as I've traveled around the state, my family moved to Idaho because we wanted a place where our wallet would not be taxed away, right. where our right to practice our religion would be honored. You don't, where that's why able, you didn't move to Latah County. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, Bars! Where, <laughs> where our ability to raise our children, yeah. right, according yeah. to our dictates of faith, right. would, would be respected. Um, so that's why we moved to Idaho. Right. The biggest threat to that way of life is the federal government. Okay. And we have to find ways to start standing up to the federal government. Not the Idaho government? No, man. Start well. I mean, it's if it's the federal um, uh, uh, money, federal stimulus. Yeah, they got yeah. hooks in um, you. It, and, and do you see places? What are the flashpoints for that? I mean, other than I mean, obviously we failed at this most recent legislative session with trying to just limit emergency powers of our governor. Um, where are some of the flashpoints of that currently? Yeah, so I think the the biggest issue that's coming down the pike right now is the girls' bathroom okay. issue. Yep. Really? Um, so I thought la- we won that one. Oh man! <laughs> so. Last month, the Biden administration issued a mandate that any schools receiving federal funds 
have to allow boys into girls' bathrooms, locker rooms, showers. They can't so keep boys away from girls. This started under Obama. So they remember renewed, that. They renewed that mandate? Yes, they did. Okay. Wow. Um, they took a different tact to renew it um, yeah. to get around the legal challenges that came about last time. But, okay. but they did it. And here's the thing, man. So the Idaho School Board Association just sent out a letter to all the local school districts telling them, you got to do it. You got to do it. Wow. So we got to choose. Right, the Biden administration is going to make us choose. Yeah, right. Do we want to keep on receiving these federal funds, which is about nine percent of our local school district revenue? Okay, these federal funds, or are we going to start protecting our girls? Yeah, the mm. privacy of our girls, the safety of our girls, making sure they're protected. Right, this is an issue the state has to do grapple you, with. Do you, grapple do, with. do you think there's any chance wow. of Idaho pushing back on that? I think so. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think that there's there's an appetite. You in, know, from I'm, what sector though? From, is a governor going to push back on it? So it's going to have to be an effort from the state legislature. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. We're going to have to withdraw from the federal education funds, okay. from Title IX, from Title I, from the other federal titles Amen. that deal with education. Yeah. It'll be really good, though, in yeah. the long run, right? Yeah. Because you get out from underneath the burden of those getting those sort you can. There's no more issue of compliance. Right. 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 There's right. so many strings attached to receiving those federal funds. Yes, there is. And, and you, all the compliance costs, all those diversity and inclusion uh, positions, yeah, all those right. administrative positions. All that goes away. All that goes away. Right. You, you know, so I don't education think, becomes You know cheaper. where the pressure is going to come from, though? Where? Is all these teams are, like, you know, University of Idaho is going to want to play sports, play against, you know, University of Washington or something like that, and they won't be allowed to because they won't be part of Title IX anymore. You think is, is, is all of this under the same they'll umbrella? lose their NCAA standing. Are, are the colleges well, and, then we make and a new one. K-12 through schools all under the exact same umbrella? Uh, Title IX applies to any school, okay. um, college or okay. primary school or secondary okay. school that yeah. receives federal funds. No state has pulled out of okay. the federal education funding. Okay. So no. we'll be the first, and we'll, we have no idea what the ramifications will be. But let me tell you what. Whatever the ramifications are, it's worth it yep. to protect our girls. That's mm. right. It's worth oh, it. Wow. That's right. See, we need politicians Woo! that are willing to say that, though. It's like, I mean, even even our girl, Christy Nome in South Dakota, uh, is like, you know, uh, uh, let's work a deal, guys. I don't want to get kicked out of the NCAA or no. whatever. And, um, you know, but is it worth it for our daughters? Yeah. Is it worth it for our, our sisters, our mothers? For our freedom? Our wives? Yeah, mm-hmm. to protect them and for our freedom? Yeah, absolutely worth it. So right now, the way that's looking, um, I think pulling out this is actually going to be good for us. It's going to make us take some responsibility that we're not taking. Uh, but what does it look like for private institutions? They don't take any government. They can still do what they want to do, right? Private education. Oh, well, huh? yeah. Well, a lot of private schools, uh, both Christian school, Christian high schools, but also Christian colleges, do take federal funds. They take Title IX, right? Right. So this is why this is why New St. Andrews is such a big partner with what we're doing, right? Is because they don't take federal funds yeah, from the, from from jump. I mean, I, this is one of those yep. places where you know people like Pastor Wilson and others who founded yep. the college were like. This is written into our documents. We will never take, take a federal cent funding. from um, federal yeah. funding. Do, we don't really know what we're giving up at that point, do we? This, like, when we take federal funding, yeah, oh, we right, have no right, idea. Yeah. No, they always do that. There be you know, you, there's always strings attached. Yeah, always strings. You know, and, and now it's like no, there's hooks attached. Yeah. Now there's like you know yeah. chains attached. Put what? that cheese in the mouse trap, right? Exactly. And then once that mouse gets in there, it's trapped. So what, what does Robert Borton say? He who takes the king's coin. No, with the, the shekels man. come the shackles. Yeah, with the shekels <laughs> come the shackles. Yeah. So what what is yeah. a, what's another place? Oh, so that's the number one place that right now that you're saying, hey, that's going to be a really big and issue. And you think there's a good chance Idaho is going to actually pull out? I think that there's a better chance here than anywhere else. Really? <laughs> so, okay. So, okay. You know, remember, I can't remember what law it was, but that we did a, we passed a constitutional law here that uh, fought against the federal government coming for our guns yeah. to protect the Second Amendment rights here in Idaho, all the way down to accessories for guns, so like bump stocks, those laws, and they don't apply to us. Uh, can we do something like that too? Is that the way to go where we create some sort of um, legislation here that says whatever the federal government says as far as education, we're not going to partake in. Yep. Is that the way to go? How, how to do do we, okay. So we would have to do that same sort of uh, – so what was that take? They take the House and the Senate to come to an agreement on something and pass that legislation signed by a governor. Yep. Dang. <laughs> okay. No, I, I see your faces and budget, so I'm going to trust that you, 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 is, you think we can do that. Is Little is going to sign it? We'll see. He's campaign like, year, man. Campaign year. He's yeah. like, maybe Little won't be there. Oh! <laughs> I want to know some of the other places that you think that we need to be maneuvering inside of Idaho and how we're we going to We got to talk about ending abortion and, in Idaho, Yeah, absolutely. Right? More cross-politic coming up next. My name is Jamie Piles. 
I joined Samaritan in December of 1996, so I'm coming up on 24 years. When people ask me, does it really work? I say, oh, it works fantastic. I send my money to somebody every month. But we had a need with my wife. Uh, was it spent a little bit of time in the hospital about three months ago, and so I had, I had a checklist with about 39 names on it, and 39 checks came in. Some of the cards, some of the things people had to say, it was amazing to watch. You okay, Gabe? <laughs> Are you Man, still that, mad? That last segment was pretty emotional for me. <laughs> I started off so excited, <laughs> like, and then uh, and then uh, Blaine just kind of yeah. you know pulled the air out of the room. I and know then the I, Family Policy Center. And then I kind of ended angry. I was like a little yeah, angry towards right. the end of that segment. Our Senate Very did emotional. What? They sold us. <laughs> they yep. sold us. You know, I'm gonna tell you guys, being sold not a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> You been there before? Yeah, it's my people. Welcome back to Cross Politic, y'all. Uh, this segment's brought to you by Classical Conversations. Our people. Classical Conversations <laughs> has been with us from Jump. Yes. Uh, they have supported Cross Politic, and so we always want to encourage you. Check them out. If you, are, if you don't have a solution uh, for a Christian education in your hometown, check out Class, Classical Conversations. They probably have a group, probably have multiple groups meeting in your area. That's right. Also, Classical Conversations is hiring. They have 10 job openings, this says. Man. You can go to cchomeoffice.com, cchomeoffice.com forward slash jobs dash two. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I don't know. That's what yeah. the link says. All right. Anyways. There, there's probably, you can go to cchomeoffice.com and probably find the job. Check it out. But they've yeah. got 10 job openings. You're yeah. looking for work, looking to support, but work may, for a Christian company. Maybe the two is for us so people know that we sent them. Yeah. Hello. Jobs dash two. Yeah. Do Check it two. out. Try do it. Do <laughs> Tell them we sent you. It's not that. Uh, Anyways, Either way, yeah. Anyways. Always tell me we sent you. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Blaine, um, make us happy, Blaine. We, I'll we, do it. We we got <laughs> get I mean, rid of my anger. I, I know that you know we, we got we have to be faithful Christians. We can be thoughtful Christians. There's lots going on. We got to be faithful in our marriages. We yeah. got to be faithful in our families. We got to be faithful in education. Yeah. Um, in all these areas. Um, but obviously, there's also a major concern when they're killing babies. Yeah. In our in our state. Uh, we care about it in every state, but these are our neighbors. These are our closest neighbors in Idaho. Um, yeah. So, what what's the landscape? Can you paint the landscape? I know you guys you were involved heavily in a heartbeat bill this last year, which I believe passed. Yes. Um, and what, what's the landscape? And what's next? Yeah. So um, we got the heartbeat bill passed this year. That was really exciting. We were the 14th state in the country to pass a heartbeat bill, mm -hmm. and most people don't even realize that a heartbeat begins to beat a heart begins to beat in a baby at six weeks gestational age right amazing probably before that but at least we know yeah. about it then you can detect it you yeah. can detect yeah. it at yeah. six yeah. weeks right. yeah, it begins to beat at 18 days so um so it was really exciting to get the heartbeat bill done unfortunately heartbeat bills are working their way through the court system right now mm -hmm. not a single heartbeat bill is in effect uh really for the last almost not a, not a single one even one that texas passed that that was, that's not even so the Texas one, I guess, did go into effect on July 1st. Okay. So okay. we'll see how that plays out. We assume it's it just going to get tied up in courts and, pretty quick. Yes. In our heartbeat bill here in Idaho, it basically, you wrote it in such a way where like it, it'll go into effect once the federal courts, it, once it goes through, once the other heartbeat bills go through the federal courts. All Correct. right. So I'll let you guys in on a dirty little secret. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You're here. here. Don't yeah. get mad, Gabe. No, no. Our attorney general. Um, <laughs> He's going to get mad. Is, uh, He's going to get mad is very reluctant to defend state laws Stop in federal courts. <laughs> he's very reluctant to do almost anything, he from what is, I understand. He is. So he's really risk-averse. Yep. And, you know, there's some reason for it. We're in the Ninth Circuit. It's a tough, tough federal circuit yeah, that's to defend one. laws yep, in. Yep. But so? He, no, so? his job as <laughs> state attorney general... Yeah, go, his <laughs> his job as state attorney general is to defend the laws that are passed by the legislature. Right. right? He will not defend a heartbeat bill in court... Unless there is favorable precedent somewhere that he can rely upon when he's defending the law. Okay. Um, so it's, it's not we are that ba babies are being butchered. Yeah. Wow. Okay. He's a racist. So yeah. we are we are not we're delaying the lawsuit mm -hmm. until after another state's heartbeat law is upheld and there's good precedent. Kind of you know forces the attorney general. Okay, now you have no excuse. Now you have right? to. You have to defend the law in court. Yep. So that was that was a strategy that we took. Um, so that's, that's how the law is written that passed. Is yep. it, is it says once one other heartbeat bill is upheld by a court, he has to take. He has to um, defend it. He, he doesn't legally have to defend it. Um, you could say he has a fiduciary duty to defend it. Okay. But um, yeah, at that point he would have favorable precedent. Now he has no excuse. Okay. Right. No excuse. And the law goes into effect in Idaho. Yes. Right? So what's helpful about this 
is that's kind of our scorecard. Like we in Idaho, the best thing we can muster up in our legislative session and with our attorney general right. is a heartbeat bill. We can't even end abortion. We can muster up a heartbeat bill that doesn't go into effect until another state's right. heartbeat bill goes through the federal right. courts and wins. Right. right. So, so that's, like, like that's yeah. the best we could have done in Idaho this last year. That's yeah. a horrible scorecard. Right. So yeah. has have you guys talked to him in any kind of like? Yeah, we, is, we, he, is he a believer of any sort? Is he Mormon? LDS, yeah. Okay, okay. So, comma, 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 chameleon. I'm just trying to... <laughs> what? what? <laughs> just thinking. He's trying not to get mad. I, 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 I think I, this no, is no. humming. It's like how he, he like takes... You know, some people like breathe deeply to try... So, to, I would uh, explain uh, later. So, Blaine... Okay. <laughs> Blaine, is there a, another way to go past him on this? Yeah, I think... Um, Maybe even at the local level, like... Just say, how do we say, you know well, what, forget here's you. Here's the thing. Sanctuary City? Yeah, we, yes. We, one th- I mean, let me throw this at you. So, I mean, I have been, um, I appreciate the abolitionist movement. Yes. Definitely do. I appreciate it. I think they're, they're doing a lot, a lot of them are doing a lot of good work. It's a little screechy for me sometimes. It's a little angry for me sometimes. I think sometimes strategically they fall on their faces. Their and ecclesiology and, can be a little screwy. Roll the comment thread. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, I've got concerns, um, yeah. and, but, but nevertheless... I believe in ending abortion. Absolutely. It's murder. We do not compromise with murder. It's evil. It's wicked. It needs to end. I've, I have no problem with heartbeat bills because I think at the very least it's a rhetorical victory. We get to talk about beating hearts. Yeah. And the world thinks we're ending abortion. Like, I mean, at least that's how they panic in the yeah. news. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. we're not, we haven't really ended anything. But they're like, it's nearly a complete ban. Cause, you know, by the time you detect a heartbeat, it's too late. And I'm like, great. <laughs> great. So it's a rhetorical victory. And I don't buy any of the nonsense about that we're somehow saying it's okay to kill them before that. Yeah. Absolutely not. We're no. not saying that at all. No. Um, we're in a, we're in a fight. And when you're in a fight, you throw everything you got at them. Sometimes it's a jab. And, and exactly. And it's like, you know, poke them in the eye and then come back and punch them. Now, I don't like uh, overblown rhetoric that says since we passed something that doesn't really do much yet, that we like won or something. Yeah. It's a it's, you know, tiny or, little, like we yeah. moved the football forward yeah. two yards. Yeah. Or that's and, all we could ever do. And praise I, God I for like that. that but, but after the shutdowns last year, I became, I think, even more sort of like, I, I sort of assumed you know, the government just is there's trying, but they just can't. They would do something if they could, but they just can't. Yeah. And then no. Governor Little told me that, you know, we had to shut down. He told our, me our he, buddy's restaurant couldn't open. He told me lives were at stake. People might die and just unilaterally just declared an emergency and shut it down. And I said, snap. Oh, you have some power. huh? If lives are at stake, you can just shut it down and. And I, I'm like, I'm like right up now to the edge of this. Like, okay, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. Don't, don't tell me like we got to do one step first and then the other because people might die. We got 1,300 babies getting murdered every year in this state. Like, not might, but are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so at what point do we? I don't know. Just get a little bit more smash mouth on this and say, um, screw Roe versus Wade. Because it, it's not and, law and, anyway, and, and and screw the courts. Yeah, I mean, and and I know obviously you got to pass that, um, but we did that with Second Amendment rights, basically. Yeah, you can't take our guns. You know. Yeah, we passed uh, that law. Um, what about life? What about our babies? And what are the chances of us saying, you know, no, never mind. We don't care about the courts. Um, we're not, we're not killing babies in our state. It's illegal. And send in the troops. Yeah, I think in order to do that, you need a governor and an attorney general with the cojones and the spine to stand up. Yeah. And right now we're not in a place where that's possible. Yeah. Well, and re- I think yeah. if we have a different governor and a different attorney general in yeah. place, yeah. the entire the calculation changes entirely. Yeah. I, and I think we have the governor and attorney general that rightly de- 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 represent us, too. I don't think I think we're that way. What about it, what about we're soft? We're soft. Yeah. Yeah. And what about and I agree. I mean, yeah, because it, it I represents the, us well. Well, at the local level, I, will, I watched during the pandemic, watch the people. People, I mean, down in Lewiston, which I think might be a good place to start thinking about um, <laughs> county pro-life yeah. situations. Um, they said, I remember watching the video, you put a mask and, and, and force a mask on us and see if I don't catch you outside with a gun. Like They was they was like, that's how <laughs> yeah. far. Yeah. They were like, hey, we got a Second Amendment uh, to right, your mask. Right. <laughs> Lewiston, Lewiston's a bunch of hillbillies. Yeah. And you don't mess with them. Right, but it's that kind of attitude and right. culture that says, you know what? You're not going to enforce on us yeah. your dictates. Yeah. And so you can take that same thing and say, well, hold on. Why don't we apply that all the way through and say in our county, in our There's environment. no killing babies. We don't kill people. Right. Period. 
So that played out in Lubbock, Texas, as I'm sure you guys are aware. Yeah. And uh, right now, what, what state? As, as, what state was that? That was Texas. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh my God. And he says of right now, Texas. Okay. Yes, sir. Oh, I love it. <laughs> As of right now, the Planned Parenthood in Lubbock is not performing abortions. Wow. Um, so, you know, why because not? what did they do? What did Lubbock do? So, what did Texas do? Okay, Dave, I already gave it to you. That's enough. <laughs> you know more. The city uh, passed an ordinance that bans abortion um, within city limits and uh, does not include criminal penalties, but does include just, fines. But it's just, it's banned. Yep. And allows people to sue the abortion provider if the abortion provider is performing abortions um, which people who gets to sue them so anyone the people so for what, for what the, I guess the woman for killing their neighbors. family or yeah. someone who has knowledge that an abortion has taken place wow. and, and so what are the, the penalties for lawsuit or what money or arrest how does that work it's yeah no arrests. fines fines, fines. Yeah. Uh, okay not really even fines it's civil damages and monetary damages okay um, well shoot and has this been taken to court yet is or, it or, has okay and the federal judge dismissed the lawsuit that planned parent and ACLU had filed against Woo! it some crazy legal technicalities um, in order for you to sue to overturn a law, the government has to be enforcing the law to give you standing. <laughs> and because the government in this instance is not the one enforcing the law, the people are by, by filing the lawsuits. Yeah. Oh my goodness. There is no standing Woo! for Planned Parenthood. That's to brilliant. Enforcement. It's brilliant. And Dripology. It's a, but it's problematic too. Yeah, yeah. Because this is, I, I mean, I like, I like the fact you, that it's going in our direction, yeah. but these are the kind of things that end up like call, catching us later. This, this is a, a parliamentary kind of trick that's working in our favor, but that's going to get worked out at some point, and that's not going to be something that's going to stand long-term. It's not a long-term solution. No, it's no. for sure. And but still, Parenthood they, did not appeal the lawsuit because they don't know how to get standing. They will find they a way will to find a way. But, but still, what's helpful here is it shows us where the scorecard's at, I'm where we are at that, as yeah. a people. And they're taking a bold step in the right yeah, direction. Right, and there's no abortions happening right and now no, in Lubbock. Right. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm totally yeah. for no, that. No, that's, that's fair, though. But I want to be careful that, okay, so now what's our, look, we always like we said we get a good jab in and we're like we're good now what but where's the big punch at and that's what we need to be thinking about they should be thinking about there right now is we need to have that right hook ready for them wherever they're about to come blame, for blame. and what's crazy about Lubbock Texas is that's where Texas Tech University is oh yeah so there's major a major university so in Texas you got a lot of college girls yeah that's right uh, that's, that's, that's right. really interesting blame so you said you know until we have a governor and attorney general that's willing to actually stand up and fight you know we don't have there's not a lot of uh, promise in a defying row move. But what about the st- strategy of the legislation, just legislature, just passing laws that you, you know, is likely you've got a governor that vetoes it, or you've got a governor that won't defend it or an attorney general that won't defend it. But, but is there not, um, is it not worth passing the law that says, um, Roe versus Wade is not binding. It's immoral. It's wicked. And we end hereby end abortion in Idaho period. And you send it to the governor's office, and he and he vetoes it. Yeah, I have no problem with that, so long as it doesn't come at the cost of other pro-life measures okay. that will actually yield results in the short term, mm-hmm. right? I think in the long term, you're right, but we can't we can't you know put all of our eggs into this basket, or you know make legislators vote against our other efforts because why would they do that? Yeah, I was going to ask. Why, why would they? Why would they vote? I mean, if. Why would they vote against other efforts? Yeah, so they're, again, Idaho's a tough state. So the majority of our legislators are LDS, and LDS legislators in general believe in exceptions for rape and incest. Um, Catholics generally and many evangelicals don't believe in criminal penalties for abortion. Right. uh, Because they view the woman as being a second victim. Uh, now, if we in front of an abortion clinic ever, then have they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, some women are and some women aren't, right? Yeah, I, I think that the there are some women who don't have the men's right. There are some women who do. Yeah, sure. I, I, do I, the large majority, though. Do, I do mean, you know, <laughs> but but you could. I mean, going back to the Lubbock example, I mean, even just saying we're ending it. No, you know, starting with just ending it. You yeah. can't do it with and fines there, or whatever. Fines yeah. or whatever. Like that would be a like, you know, just a clear, you know, without. And we say, yeah, I mean, down the road, like you, that's that is criminal to do it, but. I mean, what about just passing something now that says, you know, yeah, no penalties, but it's illegal? Yeah, I'd be all for it. Arkansas tried that this last year. Governor Hutchinson um, signed that bill into law. It's not going into effect, obviously. Um, the tough thing is in a state like Idaho, and I, I have a lot of respect, <clears throat> excuse me, for the abolitionists, um, but yeah, they, yeah. they do sometimes <laughs> shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah, and I've one of the that. ways that they do that is, you know, 
they want a perfect representation of God's justice in the bill as it exists right now, right. which means they're unwilling to consider dropping the criminal penalties. They're unwilling to, mm. you know, allow for exceptions to be put in. And from my perspective, I take the Wayne Grudem perspective. If you can ban 99% of abortions, do it and come back for the 1% later. Right. Partial justice is better than no justice. Mm. Partial mm. justice is better than no justices. And so I, I guess I wouldn't say it like that. Yeah, I think uh, I know what yeah, you I, mean, I, yeah, though. Yeah. I have a problem with that, that nomenclature of like partial justice. Um, but I understand what you're saying. I think, you know, part of, part of what we're. Well, it's triage. I mean, there's a principle of triage, which yeah. is like, yeah. I mean, if you, if you've got a bunch of people that are dying or in danger and you run in and you grab you as grab many of them you as can. you can and you yeah. haul them out. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're not saying it's okay for you to kill no. the rest of them. You're saying this no, no, is all I, I can that. get right now. Yeah. I'm going to be back later for so, the rest of you. So one of the analogies I use is divorce law, right? Yeah. And our divorce law has just turned it's into horrible. a nightmare over yeah. the last 50 Absolutely. years since no fault divorce is coming. If we can eliminate most of the no fault divorce, yeah. but still leave a couple of of the you know unbiblical reasons for divorce as an intermediary step to get to a biblical right. version of what mm-hmm. you know right. marriage yeah. looks like and marriage right. covenant looks like. I'm willing to do that. I think right. that, that it's, it's progress. It, it, that yeah, partial that, justice that's is that's, that's, I, I, that's, that, that scares me because I think pragmatic approaches come in at the same time that don't really get us to that place. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm, I'm watching that same thing happen. Well, the difference, though, is, is like... You have to be pretty hard-tailed to say, this is what yeah, I you, want, you, you, the and thing just that, so the you know... The thing that I really appreciate about the abolitionists is they're keeping the goal right in front yeah, of right. our faces, which yeah. we've got to keep in front of yeah. our faces. Yeah. I totally appreciate that, because otherwise, I do think there's been a, a massive weakness in the pro-life movement in general yeah. that has been mm-hmm. really satisfied with really mediocre results or nothing at all, basically, yeah. yep. and then they just sort of prop up a, a you know their their halfway meager results as like some kind of victory. But you also see that in the pro life movement when you actually talk about ending abortion and putting forward in abortion yep. legislation. Yeah. There's a huge hesitancy in the pro life movement to actually do that. Yeah, no, I get and that. I, I hate that. And, but and a lot of them have figured out how to play and operate and work inside of the system instead of kind of saying, "No, I want to blow your whole system up." Right, like, right. I, I, and like some we, of that we, needs to happen. I mean, if if you're faithful, what you want to do is you want to work and you want to work yourself out of a job. Yeah, right. And right. I don't see it. Yes, yeah, you, you want you want you don't want there to be a single pro life organization uh, left. In, yep. in 10 years. Yeah. I Why? Just, because we were so successful that we completely eradicated and it. And we didn't need them. And the churches are just being faithful. Yeah. 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 Right. But I, I will say, though, it, it really bothers me, the abolitionist critique of pro-life organizations. I've been around a lot of pro-life organizations. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've, I've been around them. And I do not think that anyone that I've ever met in a pro-life group is trying to keep abortion legal in order to keep a job right. or to keep their organization going. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for Bill Askell. I have a lot of respect yeah, for those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's slander when they yeah. say that sort of stuff. Well, and they have to be really careful. I don't know. What's our Idaho, our Idaho pro-life movement organization? So Even even him? I, I, so <laughs> I know what you're talking about. In that instance, I think that there is a, a uh, risk aversion. But I don't think it's because he 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 desperately wants to end abortion. Mm. I know that. I, mean, I know he does. But, but he, we, had, we had him on the show. And no, no, no. We didn't. Oh have no, him no, on not, the show. not that. No, no. Okay, no, no. I'm yeah. sorry. We, it was a legislator. I'm, I'm not going to bring any wrong, attention. But here's to this guy. Wrong pronoun. Wrong pronoun. Here's here's the problem I've seen though is that they the abolitionist movement has seen too much them pushing for pro life. And instead of getting embraced and saying, hey, brother, let me show you how to operate and let me do, they've kind of been shut down. And even their opportunities, the people have gone on the other side with the pro-choice folks and voted against things that they're pushing. And they've done it to save their own hides yeah. and to save their own bills. And I, I don't think that that's. There's a, there's a huge disagreement in strategy. And yeah, I mean, the abolitionists. But, but you know what, though? Fredo never betrayed a family. <laughs> Never betrayed a family. Yeah. No, yeah. we can disagree. We can disagree, but, but when but you start, but don't join the opposition. You lose me when you start doing that. Well, so here's the thing, man. And you know, again, I have tons of respect for abolition. I consider myself an abolitionist, not an immediatist. Yeah. I would right, not right. consider myself. I'm an just, I think I was same way, but. You know, you had abolitionists out here in Idaho who were advocating against the heartbeat bill, advocating against our bill to defund Planned Parenthood. They never showed up for Simon's Law, which was a bill to protect parental rights and medical decisions for their kids. They never showed up to oppose the Planned Parenthood bill that would have required health insurance companies. You said they're not robust. Well, they're they're, they're opposing the pro-life laws more than they are Mm. opposing the pro-choice bill. So they're, they're, they're being fatal, too. 
Yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's, there's been a breakdown, and well, we need to find a way to mend so it that, because both approaches right. are necessary and, and in order to get this and done. It, and I get, like, I can imagine scenarios where, in some cases, maybe just you know, their conscience is like, I can't support this particular play. Fine. Yeah. But that's that's not the same. But thing you don't get in a way as, as um, being protesting against it. Right. And, that's you know, that's run, what I'm running to... against it. Like you can, you know, okay, you say I, I can't support that in good conscience. Fine. Well, then you know, use your energy and time serving the Lord Jesus some other way. Yeah. Defending the unborn some other way. But that's different than you going onto the other side and yes. shooting at your own people. Yeah. Right? I'm, and I'm of the all of the above approach. Yeah. Like you, okay. any any pro life bill, any bill to end abortion, to strike at the heart of abortion, to defund abortion, anything, I'll support. I have so, a caveat. With that as long as it's in certain contexts that doesn't hurt us ultimately because some of the things I think will end up like because people will say well this is all we're going to get and they stand there and they block the things that would actually get us further I think we need to be strategic about the things like hey bro write this bill better just because it's a pro-life heartbeat bill doesn't mean I want to be behind it I wanted to have a yeah. push where's the door yeah. open like they did with the Southern Baptist Convention with Bill Askell they pushed a certain direction and all of a sudden the momentum has shifted to where it was before right, regardless right. of what they were trying to do with gutting it it's moved a trajectory that is closer towards the goal so right. so here's why the scorecard is so helpful here in Idaho is because now we got all these legislators to sign off that hey we're willing to end we're willing to deal with abortion at the heartbeat when the heartbeat comes and so now you can go to next legs legislation session as a legislator and say hey look uh, we passed this bill it doesn't go into effect until another state right goes through the federal court systems um, so hey we got this far but hey people this is not enough right. Yeah. This bill is not enough, and we should all be grateful that we got this far. We need to go farther. Right. Can yeah. I just – I think also, too, I, I was thinking about But that's this. how you disciple because well, there's, there's Mormons, there's LDS, there's all these people you that use, you just brought along to yeah. get to this point, right. and now we know it's not far enough. Guys, yeah. in, in, in Nineveh, when it was time for the gospel to be preached there, um, it didn't start at the top. It didn't start by instrument uh, implementing laws. It started from a revival ground underneath. And so I, I'm with you. I want to end it. And I know that we need to put laws in place. But that comes after people have been transformed. Well, I, Nate Wilson said something to me because I was pretty – I lean way more on the abolitionist side with come on with kind of some pushback towards them. Yeah. Kind of probably like we just got done having um, – but Nate said, do you really want these judges implementing those laws that you're talking about? Yeah. And I thought about that for a second. I was like, we have a problem. Yeah. We have a problem. If let's say we just change the laws and these judges don't understand yeah. and they don't have transformed hearts while they're viewing this, it doesn't really matter. We're still going to have the same culture and people are just going to find a way to do it without being seen. It, yeah. it doesn't suppress it. We want a people that have changed hearts and look at the Imago yeah. Day in the womb and say, why are we doing this to human beings? Right. The revival precedes reformation. That's right. But that happens though in community with each other. You know, this is why the church is so important. When the church is operating and functioning together and hospitality is a part of the culture of our gospel that we're proclaiming, come in, taste and see. And you're sitting yeah. down with people. People look at the world and say, it's beautiful. Yeah, the mil the militants we're called to is discipleship. That's right. Discipleship is all of these. It's discipleship in you know how do you feast together? Yes. How do you how do you families love one another? How do you raise your kids in the Lord so that they love your God and they love the gospel with you and they teach their kids to do the same? That's pro life. That's 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 exactly. And but you have to think of discipleship. It's this whole thing. It's this whole gamut. And of course, it includes things like we don't kill our babies, right? And we don't want our neighbors to kill their babies either. And, and the civil magistrate has to bow the knee. Um, the the churches need to bow the knee. The families need to bow the knee. But it's got to be this discipleship is this broad thing. It's this, it's right. it's all of life, all of all of Christ for all of life. That's this I mean, is we, have, we have to have all of it. But you can't just you're not going to run one little play up the middle, no, right? And then right. somehow magically everything make else everything is, falls into it's place. It's not going to fall into place. And this is why I, I this is why I said this earlier. This is why I think the conference on the politics of sex is so important and very yeah. timely right now because yeah. look at it. We said this earlier in the week. What happens between a man and a woman acting like a man and a woman acting like a woman in relationship to together with their own children produces a certain type of culture. When you look right. at the abortion rate that's up here, what you have is a whole bunch of trans stuff in marriage. Nobody's being responsible for who they are. No. Are you a man? Act like a man. Be godly. Be like Christ. Are you a woman? Act like the church. Be a woman to your husband. You know, th th um, those things create a culture that deals with 99% of the problems that we have. Yeah, yeah. 
yep. alcoholism, crime. Whose son is that? I know your parents. You yeah, know, like right. all that stuff is worked out in fellowship and community with each other, which is why in 2020 they shouldn't have shut down the churches. Mm. Right. Because right. they destroyed society when right. they did that. Right. And so the politics of sex, this is why people are thinking about just one thing with the politics of sex. No, the politics of sex influences everything else in culture, which is why it's so mm-hmm. important that you mm-hmm. come out to the conference in Lebanon, Tennessee. FightLaughFeast.com. September 9th to the 11th. Gabe. You know, um, uh, U.S. Over de- uh, overdose deaths this last year, I think, rose by like 29% because of the shutdown. Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah. I mean, just to- Blaine, thanks for being yeah. on the show with appreciate us. Appreciate, it, appreciate it, your work here in Idaho, man. Yeah, thank you, Blaine. Keep up the fight. If you're uh, single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. We did not design a cookie-cutter curriculum meant to chop students into appropriately shaped submissives or snowflakes for the secular zeitgeist. We designed our curriculum the way we did because we want our graduates to be equipped to stand courageously against that destructive zeitgeist and to honor their maker and how they, body, mind, and soul, battle to save their communities and the entire Western world from our current diseased insanity. New St. Andrews College is not in the business of rubber stamping graduates for this particular job market or that particular career. We aren't happy unless our graduates are equipped to tackle any constructive cultural task anywhere, from courtrooms to hospitals to job sites to movie sets to the highest risk job and the most important setting of all, the raising and training of the next generation of immortal souls around dining room tables and in pews. The world may have gone mad, but it's not the first time. It has been saved before and by particular people, many of whom shared a very particular type of education. Augustine, Calvin, Jefferson, Churchill, and many lesser-known heroes in times of madness all had one type of education, one type of training, in common. And it's the same kind of rigorous education we currently pursue surrounded by the rolling wheat fields of Idaho. By God's grace, our civilization will be saved or rebuilt from the smoking ruins. The men and women capable of such a task, capable of fearless joy and fiery laughter, all while undertaking such hard cultural labor, those are the kind of graduates we want, the kind we expect. They are why we exist and why we teach what we teach. So you might call it a major in world building or culture shaping or a major in saving civilization. We call it classical Christian liberal arts. New St. Andrews College, saving civilization since 1994.